Welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode 108. I'm Killian Vigna. And I'm Zoe Bilal Springer. This week on the show, we're joined by UK-based beauty business superstars coach, speaker, and author Ryan Power. As a day spa owner himself, Ryan knows firsthand how to fill diary columns. And today, we'll be discussing the blurred lines between personal and professional social media profiles and how you can use that to your advantage in your salon's marketing. So grab yourself a cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and join us weekly for all your salon's business and marketing needs. Good morning, Zoe. Good morning, Killian. So today we're talking about the blurred lines. <laughs> I know you will. <laughs> I completely forgot that song ever existed. Excellent reference. <laughs> when we first talked about the title, that's all that's been going through my head is blurred lines. So uh, yeah, we'll probably swap the old intro jig with that guy. Yeah, so I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. Uh, every time I speak to Ryan on the phone, I become so much more energized. I come out of that phone call feeling like I just drank a monster or a Red Bull or something. Yeah, I think we should just nickname him Mr. Motivator or something because we had a call with him last Friday. Now, for me, it was like five o'clock on a Friday. So everyone knows that feeling. I was on the couch and I was like, oh, I just want to go home. But I was supposed to be going to a rugby game that night and I was in no mood for it. And then after 20 minutes of talking to Ryan, I was just completely buzzed and wired. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Ryan. Thank you ever so much. Lovely to be part of your show. And after that, well, what a wonderful billing that was. I feel that the pressure is now well and truly on to lift those spirits and energy levels for everyone. <laughs> I don't think you'll have an issue with that, though. <laughs> I hope not. I'm watching you on the screen. You're standing up. You're bumping around. I kind of want to stand up myself. Do it. I, I totally recommend it. I can't. The leads are too short. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm restricted to the desk. It's funny you say that, Chief, but uh, maybe about six months ago, so I made the change from having a normal desk to one of these like standing up desks and uh, oh it makes such a difference I find it really does help your energy uh, in terms of you know that you don't have that sluggishness so I would thoroughly recommend it to anyone listening because we've heard about those I just always thought it was another one of those uh, you know those phases where everyone goes through well everyone else is sitting down I want to stand up <laughs> well, I, well, I'm not I'm not doing it just to be awkward if that's your insinuation <laughs> no is that well it seems to be working <laughs> yeah, for you well, exactly they say you got to stand out so maybe maybe standing up makes you stand out I don't know but either, either, either way it definitely I find it useful all the same so Ryan, one thing that did come up in our Friday chat about this particular episode was how people today are blurring the lines between uh, their personal profiles, say on Instagram or on Facebook, and their professional profiles. And I see it just with myself. Like if I look at my Instagram profile, it's half work and half personal stuff. And there is definitely uh, a lot to say about that and how as salon owners, you can actually use that to your advantage. But like, where do you all start? How do you even like untangle this whole blurred situation? Well, it's a, it's a great question. I think it's something which has actually um, come about as a fairly natural progression. I think for most people, social media started off very much as a personal thing. You know, it was uh, everyone joined up there with that excitement when we felt, I still remember now again, very first time I was invited to join Facebook. And obviously this was long before any businesses had really cottoned on to what it was all about. This was a long time ago, I guess now. Um, and then since as it's evolved, it's obviously become more and more business orientated and then obviously it became a paid platform and so on and so forth and i think that along the line there obviously as people went through the natural progression uh people start adding their own small businesses but you can't have a small business page without linking it to 
a profile of some description. You know, you have to have a personal profile to even have a business page. So there's the links started becoming there. And then as time progressed more, I think that then it sort of became obvious as some of the individuals who were managing and running the pages. And now, of course, they've taken it a step further where it actually shows who manages what pages. So I think that Facebook have been partly responsible for that change and other social media networks. But I think that it's also one of those ones whereby you probably could have hidden a little bit, as it were, in the past. But now, uh, it's A, it would be difficult to if you wanted to. But secondly, there's no real reason to hide behind that because actually it can be quite powerful using it, as we spoke before, and we obviously will uh, expand on that today. You know, it is worth doing that because actually people generally buy people Mm -hmm. and people want to know who the people are behind the businesses and nowhere is that more true than in small business particularly in our industries so to kind of hide behind a brand is a little bit counterproductive when your clients probably would much rather connect with you on an individual level anyway So there's a whole load of reasons from the business owner's perspective as to why they would want to blur those lines anyway. Some of it, our our hands have kind of been forced a little bit. And I think now, actually, it will be harder to try and remain anonymous as a business owner than it would um, to actually put yourself out there. If a client's really want to find you personally, they're going to find you. And now even on Facebook, even if they're not friending you, they can still follow you. And, you know, which again, we'll come and talk a little bit more about. Um, But you're, and obviously Instagram, pretty much everything is, public, assuming you've not completely locked down your profile. So people are going to find snippets anyway. So with that in mind, why not embrace it and actually use it as a source of competitive advantage for your business? People want to know who it is behind the business. And if they think, particularly if they think they know a little bit something about you, which maybe not everyone else does, actually, that's quite cool kudos-wise for them and is actually going to result in them coming to see you in a business perspective more. Uh, you know, One of the funny things is that business owners, even if they don't view it as this, they are in many ways, in the eyes of some of their clients, they are minor celebrities. And I don't care how minor they think they are, but if you're famous to a few people i.e. your clients, then you are a very minor celebrity. And some of your clients are going to be very interested in what you get up to when you're not in your salon, as simple as that. So you might as well embrace that and welcome them in and also use it to your advantage by actually building a bit of a relationship with them. Okay, so on the flip side of that, though, you're saying, like, I know, Zoe, your profiles are on public, and you're saying if you're trying to grow a business, then your profile should be kind of mixed and personal and professional. But what about the flip side of it when you are a bit of a private person? So yes, okay, I have a business and I want to grow my business, but I still, like, I might use social media accounts to basically keep in contact with family who could be in Australia or all around the world. My accounts are all on private because now I'm kind of coming away from it slowly, but like, when did Facebook come out? About 15 years ago, minimum? Yeah. Like, I have stuff on there from when I was 18, school, college. I don't want to remove it because they're memories, but if I was to make my account public, like, is that going to affect my image? Well, that is a wonderful question. And I hope that by the end of our time together, maybe I might have convinced you that you might want to at least 
open up some of that because actually, and talking here specifically about Facebook, is that Mr. Zuckerberg, he's got your back because the Z-Man has actually put lovely little things on the profiles, meaning that certain posts can be shared with certain subgroups of your friends. So this is kind of like one of those... It's one of these things that has always been a feature of Facebook for as long as I can remember, so a long time. However, from my experience talking to other people, most people don't use it and lots of people don't even know it exists. However, within your personal Facebook profile, you've got a series of subgroups. Now, when you go into it, you can go into your friends. The next time you're online, click on the friends tab. This is on when you're on desktop. Click on the friends tab and then you can see on there you can... Add, when it says next to the friend, you can add them to a group. And basically, you have got these subsets, which are like close friends or acquaintances. Or if you've put in there where you went to school, it'll automatically make a set for people you know from school and one for your town if you've put where you are. But you can also add new ones. You can make ones up so you can then categorize people how you see fit. So say, for example... I might, let's say I'm opening up my, uh, let's say you're doing this, Kim, and for the first time, you're opening up your profile to everyone, and you're like, do you know what? It would do me a lot of favors to get some other industry people who are my friends, but I wouldn't necessarily invite them to my wedding, yeah? So uh, this, that's the sort of category of people. So these people there, you set up a new little subcategory, and let's say you call it industry buddies, let's say. And then when these people send you the friend request, which you must get friend requests from people who are industry people, and they know you're not accepting them, you know, <laughs> what message is that sending? They know, and you know, you both know that you've seen it, you know, <laughs> so that's sending out a whole different message in itself, uh, which is a whole other point. So they've sent it through to you. Now, instead of having the embarrassment when you next bump into an industry gig of them saying, well, have you seen that outstanding friend request from eight months ago? You know, you can now circumnavigate all of that issues by accepting them as a friend, but adding them into this new industry buddies group. Now, here's where all the magic happens. Uh, all of your other posts, when you've set up, so let's say you've categorized everyone. So you've got your close friends who are genuinely your close friends. You've then got a separate one, let's say, for uh, your industry uh, industry buddies. Well, let's, no, let's not complicate. Let's just stick it as those two. Every time you then set up a new post, there is a little drop down and it will ask you who you want to show that post to. Now, you can show it public so that the whole world can see it, or you can just show it to all of your friends, which is like the default setting, or you can show it just to a subgroup. So what I would recommend is if you're putting something up, for example, about let's say you've got an event coming up in Dublin that you're looking to promote, um, you know, that you're involved with in some way, you might not want to bore your auntie in Australia with that information. <laughs> However, your industry buddies, they're going to want to hear that and you want them to hear that. So this post, you would hit the drop down and you would select industry buddies and only those people will see that post. So what I'm recommending people do is that if they accept some friends from their, um, from their clients and various clients that they've got, they can put them on like a client subdomain or sub profile, if you like, and then certain posts, which they think they'd be interested in, they would just show to them. Other posts, you would only show to close friends, which means that then your auntie does get to see all the little cute pictures of your dog and your nephew <laughs> and your niece and all, but they don't find out about your big event that's going on, which quite frankly, they don't care about. So you can kind of 
split your profile up a little bit and determine who sees what. Now, the only the only slight drawback with this whole idea and strategy is that if you're going to really dig deep, then you might want to go back in time on your timeline and do a little bit of housekeeping. Yeah, I was going to say, because I remember when Facebook started, I used to post and like a lot of my friends used to post multiple times a day. We used it almost like a Twitter feed, you know, whereas today it's like maybe I'll post something up maybe once a week, if even, you know, but all the photos, every single post that you've had, all the friends, that's a lot of categorizing if say you have 1200 friends on your profile. 1200 friends, Joey. (laughs) <laughs> actually do or something like that yeah <laughs> so maybe yeah well i would agree that is a lot yes however um again you can download everything so you can download like your entire profile off of facebook if you wish so if you're saying oh it's a lot of work in terms of you want to keep that information then you can you can easily download it for example it was funny because i've been going back through my albums myself and, and, and mine was similar to to what you've just been saying and loads of mine, it was back in the day when, do you remember how it first started is it would show your name and then it had is, didn't it? And that was like pre-populated and you couldn't change that. So mine was always Ryan Power is dot, dot, dot. And then you would start filling in the next bit. And then it just became your name. And then obviously now it's, you can put whatever you like. But you, when you go back now, you see all these old ones, which actually don't make much sense. And you you thought at the time you were being so witty, obviously. And now it's just like, oh God, that's not, it doesn't even make sense, let alone be funny. It's horribly cringy. <laughs> I know, some of it is just like oh, cringe. <laughs> the memories on Facebook is my favorite friend because it just pops up all the old stuff. And then I can just delete one or two a day until eventually yeah. I'll have done all the cleaning. You know what's not my favourite friend is when friends retag or re-comment something from 10 years ago. That's not good. Right, well that actually also brings up another point because one of the other parts of this strategy that I would recommend is going into your settings and disabling that feature or having it so that you have to approve it first. So you can change the settings so that if I tag you in some comedy photo from your you know, graduation night where it's three in the morning and everyone's worth to wear wearing a kebab, then you get to approve whether or not that tag goes there and hence whether or not other people see it or not. So again, you can put certain things in place to stop uh, potential embarrassment. But also, do you know what? Part of it, I think, is just sort of like embrace it you know, because who hasn't fallen out of a nightclub at some point in their life? And quite frankly, if it's someone that has never, ever done anything like that of that ilk, are they going to be my target ideal dream client? I'm not sure we're going to be that good a match for each other, to be honest, because you know what? Actually, it's it's okay to have a past and it's okay to have a history. And particularly if, you know, you're, we're talking about a picture from 20 years ago, then, you know, who didn't do that in their 20s or whatever, you know? It's like a whole reeling in the years. It's like when you're going through someone's timeline, you're seeing their development. Mm. We're not all the professional or the kind of like you, kind of the consultant and coach that you are now. Like you 10, 15, 20 years ago, were probably completely different person. So it's kind of nice to be able to see that transition of someone. Absolutely. Yeah, that's ex- I couldn't agree more. And so again, by opening up and showing a bit more of yourself, particularly uh, if you're making yourself a little bit vulnerable, 
actually that's going to bring clients much, much closer to you than it is repel them. And that might seem a little bit back to front. And people initially a lot of the time think, oh, no, if they see the don't want to say the real me, but if they see, you know, sort of a few layers down, let's say, uh, oh, is that going to put people off? Uh, do you know what? It's not. The right people, it's going to bring them even closer to you. It'll probably be the best thing you ever do. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm all in favour of that. And as we've said uh, previously, you know, I just think that those lines are blurred, as we've said, and I'll leave the singing to you here. I'm not going to, uh, you know, go anywhere with the singing on that one. But I think that it is, that, that they are blurred. And increasingly so i think nowadays there is or let me rephrase that previously some people probably said there was a professional me and i'm doing little floaty bunny ears here for the benefit of everyone listening uh and then a uh, a real let's say me or after five o'clock when the office is shut me and a work time me if you like now i think that a one persona really option is probably best for everyone because actually if you try if you try and make out you're something that maybe you're not or you try and make out that you know that you're a completely different person outside of your professional you're gonna get caught out nowadays because everyone has got a camera phone and everyone can tag and everyone knows everyone's business and all that so you you know you would get caught out and as i mentioned already you might as well just embrace it because you're actually going to bring more people closer to you, I believe, than you will repel them. It's kind of like, and I'm probably going to cause a lot of controversy here, but do you know when people only post pictures of themselves that are photoshopped or filtered? Yes. <laughs> you meet them in real life and you go, sorry, who? Who are you? It's like you're, you're constantly hiding or you're putting a mask over who you actually are and kind of like that with the filters. When I see you in real life, you're probably not going to look like what I saw you online. Yeah, absolutely. And particularly in our industry, I would I would say as well, you know, um, and funny that you say that, but I put up, a, I've been experimenting recently with Instagram uh, and putting up a video every day on like the little IGTV channel they've got. Yesterday, I went out and did it and the skies opened on me and to say they opened, they it was of biblical proportions and my hair was like literally like like i had a mr whippy on my head or something outrageous and uh and it was all over the place but actually do you know what it was like well who hasn't been caught in the rain before yeah. so you know any, anyone can relate to that and it's happened to everyone and did i look like a drown rat yeah i did do i care not really you know at the end of the day it's that was who i was and that happen to be what I look like if I get caught in rain. <laughs> so if anyone ever meets me caught in rain, they will now know what I look like. Yeah, exactly. But aside from all that image perception, right? Instagram, Facebook have been talking about how, well, especially Facebook, I suppose, how using your personal profile to do business is not something that they recommend. You've seen it even like through Instagram, you've seen this whole situation happening. If you just look at the fire Festival scandal thing where, you know, influencers were backing this whole festival. And at the end of the day, it didn't happen. And a lot of people were out of money and they got sued for promoting this thing because they didn't have, and that's kind of where that ad hashtag ad or sponsored came from. Like it, we're not all of that, I suppose, uh, um, status of celebrity, right? With thousands and thousands of followers or whatever. So, you know, putting a little hashtag ad, I don't know, right? But how do you make that distinction so that you don't get penalized by Instagram or Facebook? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well, I think that, yes, you're right. Absolutely. I mean, Facebook, very, very clear in the terms of service, you cannot use a personal profile as a business. 
So if you've got your personal profile set up as, I don't know, your name and you see it, whether actually their name is like Julie Luscious Lips Botox Smith or something, and obviously that isn't the same name as what appears on that young lady's passport, I'm guessing. So, you know, you can't do that. And if Facebook catch you doing that, they will just, you know, they will show you the back of their hand and you will not just be on the naughty step, but they'll just shut your account down overnight. Okay. So they're very, very clear about that. However, what you are allowed to do is um, push out messages about your business. If it's in the general scheme of, you know, normality, I don't, they, they obviously appreciate that people have businesses and that is a big part of their lives. So as long as your personal profile isn't just promoting your business, then I think that generally you're going to be okay. So for example, if you have got a, um, you know, you've got it linked up to your business page, you put out a business post, and then you've shared that post on your personal page as well. Facebook are cool with that. They haven't said anywhere that you're not allowed to do that. They encourage sharing at the end of the day. That is absolutely fine. Now, if you did it 50 times, they might not be quite so uh, understanding, let's say. But you're going to be fine to help share that um, content that you have created. That is cool. Um, but also, a lot of what I would suggest people do is actually just kind of make friends on more of actually a human level and it's not necessarily about having your profile and just shouting about your business all the time it's more um having an online presence which is you and personable and approachable and actually making communications with people in like a normal way uh, and not just about what you're sharing on your page but in terms of your one-to-one -one communications let me give you an example of, of, of what i mean um so let's say for argument's sake if people and again i recommend that they do complete their profile, their personal profile in the proper way. And by proper, I mean, including the links to their business, you know, Facebook, again, you know, they have now got a section on there, which says bio, and they allow you to put a link, and they encourage you to put your, um, you know, your website and your insta links. So if they didn't want you to do anything remotely business related, then they wouldn't give you those options. Because who would have a who would have a, a website? Nobody would. Yeah. So they obviously are happy to allow certain elements of that. You just can't take, you know, the mickey. So um, let's say you've got that filled out correctly. So for example, on mine, I've got links to our business pages. I say what I do. Um, again, it allows you to put up to nine little pictures in there now, which I would recommend that you do. Put in your cover photo. And I know this may sound obvious, but so many people don't, or they've got a cover photo of like their cat or something like that, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not dissing on cats. You're not a fan. Well, I'm not, but that's by the by. <laughs> Even if it was a picture of their dog, which I'm a fan of, I still wouldn't necessarily recommend that unless you are a dog groomer, maybe. In which case, have as many dog pictures as you want. Other than that, I'm not sure I'd necessarily recommend it. But maybe I would recommend it as one of the nine photos that said because actually, if you're a dog person. Uh, there are other dog people that will see that picture and that will draw them closer to you. So I'm not saying don't have any dog pictures, just don't have it as your main picture is what I'm, is what I'm saying. Um, so anyway, you filled out this stuff, okay? You filled it out all properly. I would actually recommend in your cover photo, your banner, having a work-related picture, maybe like a nice picture if you've got some professional ones of your premises, for example, so that when people see it, when people click on your profile for the first time, it's obvious who you are, what you do, what you're all about. Because uh, when you are in Facebook groups, 
And I'm not just talking about your own. I'm talking about other people's when you're in there, which, you know, Facebook have made a huge song and dance about groups. They want communities growing on Facebook. They want people in groups. They are rewarding group owners by giving them massive reach and engagement in comparison to business pages. So it's clear that they want to put people in there. So they're encouraging that on all fronts. So when you're in these groups talking to people, let's say for argument's sake, there's a local group and someone has gone on there and they've said, oh, well, my little uh, my little Ginny came home from work today and she's got, sham- uh, she's got chewing gum in her hair from this other little cow in the playground and I don't know what to do, blah, blah, blah. Can anyone help? And then as a hairdresser, you jump on and say, oh, yeah, I know exactly what to do. You do X, Y, and Z. Straight away, that person then is going to be like, oh, my God, thank you ever so much. That's really kind of you. I would bet nine times out of ten, the next thing they will do is click on your profile. They will click on your profile to see who this helpful soul is. Okay? Yeah? Now, when they then go on it and they see, oh, you own XYZ hair salon in the high street, what are they going to think of you and that business? They're going to think, oh, well, you're great, aren't you? They're not going to think anything possibly negative. So they're going to love that you were helpful. Now, this is not salesy. You're not going in these groups and spamming them saying, uh, oh, come and have a haircut with me. I'm great. I mean, it couldn't be more of a polar opposite. But these people will click on your profile, not just the person you helped out, I hasten to add. I would suggest lots of other nosy beggars will also be, uh, you know, clicking on that going, well, how come she's the chewing gum in hair expert? You know, they're going to be looking on that. They're going to be seeing what was that was all about. So then they can see that they can see all about you. That is how you can then start to build a relationship with some of these people, because they're going to be looking Anyway, it's kind of the point. These people are intrinsically nosy. You know, that is part of what social media is all about. It's about being nosy. So these people are going to look anyway. So you might as well give yourself, paint yourself in the best possible light that you can and give yourself the greatest possible chance of getting some business from it in the long run and building relationships with people. Because ultimately, as I said, right at the top, people do buy people so naturally it will kind of uh, go that way yeah i love that idea because like again facebook's encouraging you to be a collaborator the more you collaborate other people get involved and it's creating that whole discussion it's less about kind of shouting about who i am but also less about do you know when you see people doing product reviews because facebook are clamping down on that use your business page to maybe do those reviews how can we leverage forums then for promoting our expertise and all that well i think that there's two main ways that you can do that the first way is as we just touched on using your personal profile in not even necessarily industry related groups they could be in any sort of group and in fact what i would recommend is that you just kind of go and hang out casually in whatever groups you think your dream client is also hanging out in So that's where I would go off and hang out, where I think beauty and hair business owners will be hanging out also. And I'm not going to go in there and shout, oh, look at me. In fact, I probably won't even post anything in there. All I would do is I would merely comment if I think I can be helpful at some point. So again, you might be waiting a long time for that golden post to come along that you can think, right, that is my area of expertise. I'm going to go on there and I'm going to leave a really, really helpful comment. But a couple of things can happen. And this is also interesting. When you go on, if you're going into the groups with the intention of just trying to get clients or make some money somehow out of it, then you're probably going to come away disappointed. 
But if you go in with the attitude of, I just want to offer some help and I just want to try and be as helpful as I possibly can, then uh, those clients will find you the other way, you know, afterwards. So you will go in and you will just be helpful on appropriate comments. And this is the other, this is the other thing, you know, Facebook, as you've probably seen, when you go in, when, when you're in a group and you're scrolling down, it only shows the first two normally comments. It doesn't, however many comments are on that only shows you the first two, a snippet doesn't show the great long train. Now, the comments that it shows are often those, well, it's those that it deems are the most uh, relevant. And again, I'm doing the little flying bunny ears there. The most relevant ones. Now, of course, Facebook's algorithm is a fiercely guarded secret. And whilst we don't know exactly what they determine to be the most relevant, I'd say the person who gets the most likes on their comment is probably a pretty decent indicator to begin with. So if you've gone in and you've been super helpful on a, on a post and a load of people have liked it, well, what's going to happen is to start with, your comment is then going to be displayed to anyone else that goes in. Secondly, a notification will be sent to everyone who has commented before you. Oh, that's handy. Yeah. Um, and thirdly, you're just going to come across as like this really cool, helpful guy or gal, which again, as we touched on earlier, will result in a load of people then stalking you. I mean, looking at your profile. So you've got a load of, of real benefits for that. Now, the other way that you can do it entirely, and actually I would advocate doing in addition to, is having your own group as well. So you mentioned, Kim, that you obviously get invited into other people's uh, groups and stuff, which is cool. One of the ways that a load of our clients are having real success with is the idea of having like a VIP membership community, let's say. So the purpose of this will be you set up your own group linked to your business. But again, actually, I would recommend being present in there as a because now if you've got a group linked to your business page, you can comment in the group as the business, as it were. But personally, I rather do it just as me for the for the reasons we've already sort of discussed earlier on. You might, you know, they know you're in there. They can see that you're the admin of the group. What are you trying to hide, really? You might as well just comment as you, I always think. So um, as I say, you can set that up. And one of the ways that I would recommend that people consider, and one of the ways a lot of our coaching clients have had success, is to set it up as like a VIP group. And the point of this is it's really a group for your best clients. Now, that doesn't mean anyone who's ever heard of you. This genuinely means your best clients, i.e. paying customers of yours. And the purpose of this, first and foremost, is to make them feel special. So again, it's this idea of you know something or you're part of a group or a community which other people aren't. And actually, in terms of, you know, social proof and so forth nowadays, actually a lot of people hunger for that. It's like, oh, I'm part of this little secret society almost, and you're not. So I've somehow got one over you. I don't know what, how it works out, but it does. So people really, really appreciate that. And it gives you an opportunity to, uh, well, I say is give little hugs to your clients. And what I mean by that is you can give them stuff that other people don't get. Now, that doesn't mean discounts. I'm not talking about giving discounts in your group to your best clients. That would be bonkers. Uh, it would also be kind of like the easy thing to do. Whereas if you give it a bit more thought, it actually gives you an opportunity to give a lot more value to your clients. So for example, if you've got some last minute availability, you put it in your VIP group because they're the people that you want coming back in. 
or if you've got like some new products in and you're looking for some people um, to test it or what have you, then they will be the ones. Or if you've got some free samples, they will be the people. If you're going to do an open night for your VIPs only, it will get advertised in there. So you've got this opportunity to help harvest that even more. You know, and one of the one of the keys really uh, to growing your business certainly is making sure that you are maximizing uh, ethically, of course, but maximizing your returns from each client. And by that, I mean, that means making sure that they are taking the appropriate products, which are most suitable for them, making sure they're coming in to see you as regularly as they should be. You know, it's our job as marketers to remind them to come and see us and not the other way around. It's not their job to remember to come in and visit us. We've, you know, we've got to be forward thinking with that. So again, this is a wonderful way that you can do that. Plus, you can genuinely make them feel special. You can genuinely give them stuff that other people don't get. And because of the way the algorithm works, your posts within a group are going to be seen by a much, much higher percentage of people than they are if you're posting on your business page. Plus, it means, again, you can peel back some of the layers and you can be more personable in the group because they are your homeboys and homegirls in that group because they are your best of the best customers. They're the ones that you want to be building relationships with. You want them to be as close to you as possible and clinging on to them for dear life and treating them like the VIPs that they are. So, you know, and this and in Facebook groups, it gives you just the, the dream platform to do that with. And it's free. It's completely <laughs> free. I mean, how good is that? Everyone moans, oh, people go and see my posts on Facebook anymore. I've got to boost it all. Not in a group you don't. It's free. If you keep the engagement up, if you post regularly, if you're posting stuff that they like and that they're responding to, and actually a couple of little tips, don't just make it all about your business because it's going to get real boring real quick. You know, you see so many pages that is just like, oh, and here's another picture of a shelf of products. It's like, oh, come on, you can you can do better than that because that is just boring. Even your best customers think that's boring. There's only so many ways you can angle a bottle of Olaplex, you know, to try and you know have different lights or different filters on it. No, you know, no one is finding that interesting anymore. So scrap that. You're much better off putting a picture of your dog asleep on the floor or something. That is going to get loads more interaction or cat if that's your preference. You know, but that is going to get far more interaction and bring people closer to you. One of the other things I always recommend people do that I teach is that you really want to be posting at least three times a day on your business page to keep the algorithm going. I've tested lots, and that's what we kind of find is the sweet spot is three times a day. And people say to me, well, three times, oh my, what am I going to post? I can't even think of one thing to post today, let alone three, you know? And the reason why is because, again, they've got this idea in their head that it all has to be about their business, and it really doesn't at all. Uh, in fact, it shouldn't be because again, people are going to get bored real quick. Instead, feel free to post about stuff which has got nothing to do with your business whatsoever. If I see a, a do you know what, I don't even know how to, maybe someone can clear this up for me. Meme? 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 I don't know. How does, how does it even pronounce? Does anyone know? A meme. It's definitely, a meme. Okay, it's a meme. Right? Yeah, it's definitely a okay, meme. Okay, definitely yeah. a meme. Right, okay. <laughs> I'm glad we cleared that up. Anyway, if I see something that I think is funny in my feed, then as far as I'm concerned, that can go on my business because my clients will feel that, find that funny as well. And if they don't, 
then we're probably not that good a fit for each other. So therefore, you know, it's kind of, again, almost you're putting stuff out that the people who are your people, you're going to draw them closer to you. The people that would be like, oh, my God, I can't believe he posted that. That's outrageous. So we ain't going to get on anyway. If you think that is so unfunny that you're going to throw your toys out the pram about it, then we're never going to work together anyway. So you might as well just close the door quietly on your way out, you know? We, but, you know, so I think that, you know, straight away, as I say, that you've got to get over that idea of, I've got to be posting my business, business, business. You haven't. And if you did do that three times a day, as I say, you people are going to get bored real, real quick. So you've got to do other stuff as well. And actually, I always think you've just got to get some more personality in your page. So many of these pages are so personality free it's like a personality free zone when really people want as i said right at the top of the call people want to know more about the person behind the business they want to know more about you and what makes you tick you know and why you set up your business and why you do what you do and all those things and who all your staff are and what they like to do and what their favorite pizza toppings are and what bar you like to go out to after you finish on a friday night you know all that normal stuff that you would talk to your friends about people want to know that and I think that for me, I think there's been a shift in that, um, certainly in terms of encouraging people to do it, because there's also this, what I would consider to be a huge misconception that people feel that clients want to deal with like big companies, bigger companies, I will go as far as to call them faceless companies in many uh, ways. And a lot of people therefore try and almost make out that their business is much, much bigger than it really is so that they will, you know, always use the term we, even if it's only one of them, <laughs> you know, it's not we, you're not fooling anyone. When they come and see you, it's going to be really, really obvious. So why not just be a bit more open up front about it? The same as the people who have, you know, no images of their business on their website at all uh, because they're, you know, maybe ashamed or embarrassed. Well, they're going to find out when they get there. The people are going to find out the moment they walk in your door. So if you, you know, you might as well manage that expectation and love you for what you have at that point, you know, and do the most with what you can. Don't try and hide behind something else because all you're going to do is get people's expectations up and then disappoint them. So if it's just one of you and you're in like a stock room and that is your business, then that's fine. You know, you've got your place in the market and some people will be delighted to still come and see you. Don't pretend that you're some 20 room, you know, spa with 58 staff only for them people to turn up and, you know, wonder if they're in the right place because people will do that once and they'll never come back. And, you know, you're never going to build a business that way. So I think that people, you know, need to, need to embrace what they truly are a little bit more. And I think that that actually sort of kind of flows in a lot with the whole concept of, of what we've been talking about throughout really and, 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 and that crossover between business and personal because ultimately for most most of us we are our business even if we employ staff we are still our business for most people they would say you know if you cut them they will bleed their business you know and we're all the same in that respect and we go on holiday and it's not really a holiday because you're checking your flipping phone every two minutes just to make sure the place isn't burning down and whilst you do delegate things over you a lot of people still deep down believe that well they never quite do that as well as i can do it even though they probably can and much better you know so i think that we are all intrinsically linked to our our business in that way because everyone does view it as their baby in inverted commas um, and therefore 
why wouldn't you want to shout about that? You know, you should be you should be proud about your business and, and, and what you have and what you stand for, I think. Definitely. And to be honest, like there's this one last little thing that I'm going to add to like the Facebook groups, because it's something that I actually do in work and secrets out, I suppose. But um, the Facebook groups, especially if you have a blog or you do a lot of content for your salon, your spa, it's a great place to get inspired. People are sharing their problems, like that chewing gum problem. How do I do this? It's a perfect place to get inspired and then grab that topic, write a blog on it or create a video on how to do this. And there you go. That's a piece of content that's not promoting, hey, come to me because I'm awesome. It's an educational piece of content that can help other people. And then you can share it again through social media and put it back into that group, for instance, if you don't want to write a comment. It's just another opportunity, I suppose, there to, to create more helpful and educational content that doesn't have to be salesy. Totally agree. And again, it's the idea of, you know, help first and the customers will come afterwards as opposed to just everything you do being, a, you know, an out and out pitch fest, which ultimately would just turn people off as opposed to attract them. And also as well, you know, it's a long-term, it's a long-term game. Let's, let's again go back to the chewing gum example. That person isn't necessarily going to phone up and book an appointment with you the next day. But, you know, if you do become friends with them online as a result of you helping them, for example, um, it might be that in nine months down the line, they get let down at the last minute by their hairdresser or, you know, it's their cousin's wedding and they need wedding hair last minute. Something has happened are you going to be top of their mind? Well, you're going to be somewhere in their mind, aren't you? More so than if you hadn't connected with them. Um, and, you know, when you help people out, you know, there is that little law of reciprocity, which does say people that, you know, they, they will want to kind of uh, balance that up at some point subconsciously. So there's every chance that they will come back. Or what can happen, or what can happen is that then when the person, let's you know, a uh, hair girl's mum is in a conversation outside the school the next day, oh, well, this really helpful person helped me, they might then go and become a client of yours because she's out now telling everyone how helpful you are even though all you've done is, you know, just share a bit of your advice. And, and actually, I think the other thing that comes down to as well is I think a lot of people maybe underestimate or underplay their level of expertise because we all know stuff that actually Joe Public on the street definitely doesn't know. So uh, even though you might think it's obvious, uh, that doesn't mean everyone, certainly people who work outside of your industry, uh, they might not deem it to be quite so obvious. I absolutely loved your group's uh, bit there about like a salon having their own group because we talk a lot about loyalty with your clients and how with social media, with emails, there's just so much noise that it's really hard to actually reach out to your clients. But by setting up that group page for your salon, you have your most loyal clients. It could be 200, it could be 300. Like bear in mind, some salons could have thousands of clients on their books, but you're able to reach everyone straight away there. And you're able to offer them so many more perks. Like the example you gave, if you've a last minute cancellation, if you sent an email out to rebook people in, what are the chances that they're going to see you? Probably a lot less lower than getting a notification to say that Ryan has announced in his salon's group that he has a cancellation. Who wants to book it? Then put your booking link in there. Like you covered so much in there, but I think it's absolutely amazing. And that, that should definitely 
be one big takeaway from this from this conversation. Ryan, look, listen, that's been phenomenal. So many golden nuggets there. Well, I'd like to uh, yeah, extend my thanks for, for having me on. It's been great chatting uh, with you both. I've thoroughly enjoyed not just today's chat, but our previous ones as well. It's been uh, it's been awesome. So thank you. Ryan, you're a bundle of joy and a bundle of energy. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks very much for joining. I will look forward to receiving your friend request soon, Kim, which, which, obvi- which obviously I'll ignore. Right after this episode. Closer friends. <laughs> well, thank you so much. So that was Ryan Power on the blurred lines between your personal and business persona. And like I was saying, two big things I took from it were basically all salons, create your own groups, create business groups for your business page that you can have your most loyal clients in, but also don't be afraid to make your profile public. And I think that's going to have to be a jump or a, a, a giant step that I'm going to have to take. And I think you're, you're actually already well used to it at this stage, Zoe. I am, yeah, 100%. Although in saying that, like I am on Instagram and LinkedIn, I suppose, much less on Facebook. So something to consider for my part anyways. (laughs) So in terms of the next few things coming up, I suppose, for the second half of the show, we have the Thrive Sessions happening next week. And as mentioned in previous episodes, Forrest is a proud sponsor of the Thrive Sessions. So it's happening on March 24th and 25th in Seattle at the Bell Harbor International Conference Center. I'll be hosting a workshop there on both days during lunch, and it's called Lights, Camera, Post, Basic Photography Skills for a Standout Portfolio. Uh, Anyone who attends will be getting a light lunch and will be provided with an Instagram ebook. Now, if you want more information on this or pricing, you can head over to thrive-sessions.com. And then later in April, it's the Salon Owners Summit Roadshow, and that's happening on April 15th. It's a Monday. The conference is from 9.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m., and it's followed by a networking reception. It is all taking place at the Dalsey in Chicago, and we have quite a few announced speakers already. So Scott Buchanan, Stephanie Jackson, Jay Williams, Neil Dukoff, Marla Boyle, and Heather Yurko. And all the information around the Salon Owners Summit Roadshow can be found on the website salonownersummit.com forward slash Chicago. Oh, and before we sign off for today... We have the 30 Days to Grow Salon Challenge, the third edition, kicking off on April 1st, and it obviously goes on throughout the whole month. So if you haven't signed up for that yet, do head over to our Facebook page for Salon Software. We've been posting about this quite a bit already, so the challenge kicks off in less than two weeks. And if you're still undecided on why you should join, we did have interviews with participants from previous years. So we have episode 41 with Lilac Miller and episode 74 with Katrina Sutherland. So do check those episodes out. It's definitely going to have a massive impact on your business. And this year, the theme is all about growing as a solid, unified team. So, well, that's all we got for this week. And as always, if you want to share your thoughts on this episode or have any suggestions, send us an email at forestfm at forest.com or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We genuinely love feedback and are always looking for ways to improve the show. Otherwise, have a wonderful week and we'll catch you next Monday. All the best. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z. Great music makes great moments. Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Forest FM, the Salon Owners podcast, is brought to you by Forest Salon Software. We help salon owners get their clients back in more often, spending more, and generating referrals. Let's grow.